wants not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Come with me quickly to the book of Luke chapter 4 and verse number 14. Luke chapter 4 verse 14 all the way to 16. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and news of him went through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. Somebody say being glorified by all. Now come to verse number 16 as we read it together. One go. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his, no, that's weak, and as his, again, and as his, he went where? To the synagogue on the Sabbath, and stood up to read. The Bible said, as his custom was, he went out to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. Alright, so we started a series on how to make 2022 a great year for yourself. Somebody say 2022 is a great year for me. I experience greatness in all areas of my life. I experience greatness in my spiritual life, in my family life, in my finances, in my mind. I experience greatness in every positive area of my life. In the name of Jesus, if you believe it, your amen will be loudest. Now, the Bible says you will never receive beyond the reach of your mouth. The Bible says, as you have spoken into my ears, so I will do. That's why I don't joke with confession at all. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Somebody say, I have good success. I speak good success and I experience good success. Alright, so I will be making a little detour, but still under the broad theme of making 2022 a great year for yourself. We touched on a couple of things earlier. That if you want to make 2022 a great year for yourself, you have to dream great dreams. Somebody say, dream great dreams. And then we said that you also have to make great preparations. We talked about the fact that if 2022 must be great for you, you also have to make great sacrifices. Somebody say, great sacrifices. And we've not finished that yet. We will continue on the 27th. And then we started looking at Form great habits. Somebody say form great habits. If 2022 must be a great year for you, beyond dreaming great dreams, you must form great habits. And I see the grace of God come upon you to form great habits. 
I see you form great habits in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible said Jesus came into Nazareth and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue and he stood up for to read as his custom was. The word custom is the word habit. And so from tonight to some time to come, I'm not too sure I would move away from it, but I'll still come back to it because this is going to be a classic teaching that will be preserved for a long time. Amen. The Holy Spirit was giving me a leading on what it can be used for now and in the future. So I'm going to continue here on cultivating spiritual habits. Somebody say cultivating spiritual habits. Cultivating spiritual habits. What I've been seeking to help you appreciate in this teaching or in this particular series is to understand that success is not luck. Success does not just happen. You have a role to play in success. Somebody say, I have a role to play in my success. In fact, I told you earlier, I think in some of the early teachings that your success actually is not dependent on God as much as it depends on you. For some people, it may sound blasphemous, but that's what the word of God says. Your success is not as much dependent on God as much as it depends on you. When you got born again, God came to live in the inside of you. And the God in the inside of you, you do whatever you want to do with him. If you want to succeed, he has power to help you succeed. The Bible said God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power at work in you, not at work in heaven. So the power, there's power resident in me. Somebody said there's power resident in me. There's power to turn your life around resident in you. The Holy Ghost at work in you makes you a superman. Somebody say, I'm a superman. That's who you are. So you, you cannot, you can't accept failure mentality. You can't accept defeat mentality. You carry God in the inside of you. The Bible said, little children, you are of God and have overcome the world. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Somebody say, I'm more than a conqueror. That's why the Bible says that whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Somebody say, I'm born an overcomer. Alright, so how come a lot of, almost every child of God is born to be an overcomer? Almost every child of God, it's not almost every child of God is ordained for success. How come not many experience so? And that's why we want to begin to dissect it critically from God's word and be able to appreciate it. A lot of people blame God for things that God has no role in. A lot of people blame the devil for things the devil has no role in. If you don't check your habit, you'll be jeopardizing your future without knowing. A lot of people think that just by dreaming, their dreams will become a reality. No, dreams don't become reality until they are back with strong habits that will drive you towards the fulfillment of your dream. No matter the kind of dream you have, your dreams are possible. The Bible says, if you can believe, all things are possible. That is, to him that believes, anyone that believes, all things are possible, your dreams are possible. Somebody say, my dreams are possible. How can you make it possible? That is where habit becomes critical. So, we talked about 13 truths. I shared with you 13 truths about habit. We said, number one, we are creatures of habit. And then we talked about the fact that habits are acquired or are learned. We said habits cannot be hidden. We said habits can be spiritual or natural. 
We said habits can either be good or bad, positive or negative. Good habits lead to consistent success. Bad habits lead to consistent failure without planning for it. If your habits are bad, you don't need to pray for failure, you will fail. In your marriage, in your spiritual life, in your finances, if you operate a business and your habit is that every money that comes, you can just dump your hands inside and spend it as you want, there is no way you can experience business success. A lot of people do business that way in Kumasi. They hire an accountant, but will not allow the accountant to work. Sometimes it's amazing. And I wonder, why are you paying him? Why do you pay an accountant when his services are rendered redundant? Because what he has been trained to help you do to succeed, you will not allow him. They spend the money as it comes. And at the end of the day, they wonder where has the money gone. A lot of people are praying about witches and wizards pulling their money. But if you ask them for bookkeeping, they have none to show. And you say witches and wizards. I know where the witches and wizards are. They are in your stomach. They are in your wardrobe. Because you are indisciplined. Somebody say indiscipline. Brings failure. You have to have financial discipline in your life. You need good financial habit. You don't spend every money that enters your heart. You don't eat everything. The Bible said the prodigal son, when he spent all, he began to be in want. When he spent all. Every time you are spending all, you must understand that want is not far from you. And that want usually is not a regular want. It's the kind of want that will push you to want to eat pig's food. It's a very serious want. You will not get to that destination. Somebody shout an amen. amen. Okay, so we said bad habits are easy to form but difficult to live with. Good habits are difficult to form, but very fulfilling and satisfying to live with. We said habits will always be tested under pressure. Under pressure, the people under pressure. That was sung by Raskimono many years ago. A lot of people are living under pressure when they should not be under pressure. Habit will always be tested under pressure. Then we said habits defines you, not logic. A lot of people think that they are very logical about life. No. It is known by sociologists that almost 80 to 90% of what we do, they are habits. They are not product of logic. Habits are things you do without thinking about them. So by the time you think, it's too late. Your habit will always define your outcome. Somebody says, sow a thought and you reap an act. And then sow an act, you reap a habit. Sow a habit, you reap character. And sow a character, you reap destiny. So where people end their life is not accidental. If you meet somebody who was poor and is rich, it's not accidental. Africans like to attribute a lot of things to lack and magic. No, you don't succeed magically. You don't succeed luckily. You succeed intentionally. Somebody say success, success. is intentional. It's intentional. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Then we said habits grow. Somebody say habits grow. Alright, today we are focusing on two truths about habits combined. We said number one, habit can either be natural or spiritual. And then we said habits are acquired or learned. And those are the two things I'm going to put together and teach on cultivating spiritual habits. Somebody say cultivating spiritual habits. Alright, so the word to cultivate means to build or to make or to form. That's what it means. Cultivate. Habit can be formed. 
Habits are not, we are not born with them, we acquire them. So if you have good habits, you acquire them. If you have bad habits, you acquire them and you can unacquire them or unmake them. You can learn good habits. And through this series, the grace of God will come upon you to learn good habits. Shout a better amen. What I'll be sharing with you are keys that are critical for spiritual success. I believe without any shadow of doubt that spiritual success is foundational for true and lasting success. Somebody say spiritual success. I don't believe that a man who is not successful spiritually can succeed and continue succeeding to the very end. You know, lasting success is rooted in spirituality. Who ordained success? God. He said, if you take my book and then you work with it, you will obtain good success. For you to experience good success, you must be spiritual. Maybe I should rephrase it this way. You can experience success without being spiritual, but you can experience good success without being spiritual. And I've already talked about what good success is. So if you are wondering it, the podcast will help you. You cannot experience good success without being spiritual. It takes spirituality to experience good success. That's foundational. And so we want to look at Habit, a lot of people, almost every year, I meet people who, among their resolutions, provided they love God and they are desiring an rich, intimate relationship with God, their relationship is to either become better Christians, and sometimes it's so ambiguous. What do you mean by become a better Christian? That is too broad. It's like, I want to be rich. <laughs> I want to be a millionaire. It's too broad. You have to set clearly defined targets and be able to pursue them. That's how you'll be able to tell, uh, 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 measure your progress and know whether you are moving on, you are stagnated. That's key. A lot of people wake up at the beginning of the year. They desire to be intimate with God. They want to be close to God. They want to have a richer relationship with God. And sometimes January, February, March comes, April, May. They don't see anything and then they go back to their old norm. Why is that the case? Is because of what I'm going to share with you today. There are essential spiritual habits that you must intentionally cultivate if you are going to be a spiritual person. If you must have spiritual success, you need these habits. Somebody say, I need these habits. Alright, in the book of First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7 to 8, the Bible said, but refuse profane and old wives' fables. Now listen, if you are going to be godly or you are going to be spiritual, you must understand what to refuse. Somebody say what to refuse. There are things you must intentionally refuse. Most of the time, people think that, you see, in a life where everything goes, hear me and hear me well, in a life where everything goes, very soon, nothing can ever go on. If your life is said that everything goes, Sooner or later, nothing will ever go on. You must intentionally refuse some things. Some of them are not sinful. They are not bad. But if you must make progress, you must intentionally refuse some things. If you must fulfill your destiny, there are things you must refuse. There are associations you must refuse. There are conversations you must refuse. Can somebody say an amen at all? It's critical. Critical. I like the man Moses. The Bible said of Moses in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23 all the way to 26. It talks about Moses. The Bible said Moses when he was born by faith. Moses when he was born was 
was hid of his parents for three months because they saw that he was a proper child. Somebody say a proper child. Now, if Moses born under the Old Testament was a proper child, then you must be a better child. Praise the Lord. You have been born and redeemed by the priceless blood of Christ. They saw Moses was a proper child and they hid him for three months. Somebody said they hid him. Last Sunday or last two Sundays, I was telling you how to hide children. We live in a generation where people expose children to anything and everything. Moses was hid for three months. Jesus was hidden. He was a miserable, but he was hidden. But Moses was hid for three months because they saw he was a prophet. But the Bible said Moses, when he was come to years, he refused, verse 24, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. When he was come to years, when he came to the position of responsibility, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I will come back and teach on it. So I won't belabor it because I don't have the time to even focus on what I'm doing. But when he matured, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That name tax you must refuse. Some of you, they call you poor and you accept it. You walk like poor, you talk like poor, you act like poor. And they have branded you poor. You are walking in the reality of the same. Sometimes because of one ten CD somebody will give you, you have to carry yourself in a poverty way. In a poverty-minded way. Some of you, they branded you sick and you have accepted it as your identity. My sickness has come. May you refuse today. Turn to your neighbor and say, I refuse. I reject every negative brand. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. We'll come back to it. But let's go to First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. But refuse. Somebody say refuse. It said refuse profane and old wives fables. And exercise yourself. Somebody say exercise yourself. Exercise yourself. Now Kofi, you are a fitness man. Exercise yourself. Can you stand? You see how fit Kofi is? I mean, he is muscular. As his fitness, we can't tell. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, but I think he's fit. He's well built. If I ask this man how he came by his muscles, I don't think he came by it sleeping. I don't think he came by it just uh, uh, taking it cool. He does not just exercise his muscles. He exercises and trains others to exercise Yes, That's who Kofi is. Please take your seat. A lot of people want to be spiritual, but they don't want to do any spiritual exercise. This year, I wish I can pray more. <laughs> it's just like standing before you today, I say, I wish I had biceps and triceps. Yeah, I wish I had those things. You don't wish for them. You exercise for them. You don't wish. You don't wish. You don't wish. You don't wish. If you see anybody walk in an anointing, he didn't wish for it. He exercised himself for it. He says, for bodily exercise, verse 8, bodily exercise, prophet. so he said, exercise yourself unto godliness. Somebody say, exercise yourself unto godliness. What he's simply saying is that if you must become a godly person, become a spiritual person or experience spiritual success, you need to engage in some spiritual exercises and disciplines. That's what I call habits. Exercise yourself unto godliness. For bodily exercise profited little. 
But godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life which now is and of that which is to come. That's how powerful spiritual habits are. If you have discipline or you have good financial habits, you'll be rich and you'll be rich only in this life. But when you become rich spiritually, you are rich in this life and the life hereafter. That's why Jesus talked about the rich fool and said, this man is a rich fool because he has made himself rich in this life, but he's not rich towards God. 2022, make a quality decision. You'll be rich towards God. May you become rich towards God in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. All right, so that's what we are looking at. There are three great benefits of spiritual habits I want you to take note of before I get into the meat of what I have to present to you tonight. One, spiritual habit makes you a strong Christian. Somebody say spiritual habit. Makes me a strong Christian. Yeah. If you are going to be a strong Christian, you must be a Christian by habit, not a Christian by occasion. A lot of Christians are Christians by occasion or by relationship or by atmospheres. So when they get into a certain atmosphere, they are prayerful. When they come into an atmosphere of prayer, they pray, they receive momentum, atmospheric anointing. The anointing from the environment, they begin to thrive on it and they are able to pray. But leave them to themselves. They can't pray for even 10 minutes. Are you with me tonight? That is not what we are talking about. A strong Christian is one who is one by habit. Somebody say habit. You don't become a strong. You can't say you are a rich man and you have money occasionally. No, I've not seen any billionaire who has money occasionally. He's dusted. His account is fat and flourishing. May your account be fat and flourishing. But may your spiritual account be fat and flourishing. That's it. The Bible said, be strong in the Lord. Now, that scripture really spoke to me today. When I was... (laughs) He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That is Ephesians 6. Be strong. Somebody say, be strong in the Lord. How many of us are in the Lord? You are in the Lord. (laughs) But not everybody is strong in the Lord. There are people who are in the Lord, but they are weak in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Now, Apostle Paul used that word a couple of times. He said, be strong in the Lord. And then he says, be strong in the grace of God. Be strong in the grace which is in our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Timothy 2 verse 1. He said, therefore, my son, be thou strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Be strong in the Lord and be strong in grace. Because when you are not strong in the Lord, things will come you cannot stand. And spiritual habits, they help you to become strong in the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs 24 verse 10, he says, for if thou faint in the day of adversity, your strength was what? Your, your strength was what? When you fail in adversity, what does it mean? Talk to me. What does it mean? No, it means that adversity is bigger. It means your problem is bigger. It means that your problem is gigantuan. It's unprecedented. Nobody has gone through what you went through. You know, people like to say things like that. When people are looking for sympathy, they say all kinds of things. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm going through. Papa, only God knows what I've been going through. (laughs) When I see one, I know. That is somebody who is looking for sympathy, no solution. 
Don't make yourself a project to be pitied. You are a child to be envied, not to be pitied. Only those who are in the pit are to be pitied. You are seated far above principalities and powers. So don't live a pitiable life. Praise the Lord. Don't carry yourself with pity. Don't pity yourself and don't give people a reason to pity you. If thou faint in the day of adversity, whether it's your marital challenge, financial challenge, when you fail, you are fainted and put, you see, I like people to put the blame where the blame belongs. Yeah, because when you have a problem and you find someone to blame him for it, that problem is stuck with you for life. The quickest way to find solution to your problems is to accept responsibility for it. When you accept responsibility, your problem is 99% solved. But when you can blame someone for it, and by the way, blame game did not start with you. It started with Adam, the woman you gave me. And people have carried it over, over and over again. Over and over again. You won't blame anyone for your future. That's why I set the tone by saying that one, when you fail, don't blame God too. When you fail as a child of God, don't blame the devil. These are two things. These two entities are not a factor as far as your success is concerned. Satan is not a factor. Satan can't stop you. Because one with God is more than a majority. If God be for us, a lot of people sometimes think that Satan is God's competitor. No. Satan is God's creature. Are you with me? eh? Satan was created by God. Uh, last year, I taught you about angels. This year, I will find some space and teach you about demons and Satan. Because you need to have a proper understanding of these two. A lot of people think that they, uh, that's why I, I hate some songs. You see, when you sing a song like that, you are tempted to think that Satan and Christ are on the same platform. But when you read the book of Colossians, that's not what you see. The Bible says, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made an open show of them, triumphing over them in it. That's what Jesus did. It wasn't a contest. It wasn't a contest. He worked on him. Because when you lack that understanding, even your prayer life will be, you'll be, you'll be suffering. <laughs> you'll be suffering. Really do I deal with Satan in prayer? Unless I, I come under specific conviction that he's uh, acting up funny somewhere. What you need eh, to keep Satan away is to stand your grounds. Is that not what your Bible says? Go to Peter. He says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. That's First Peter 5, verse 7 and 8. He says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Resist. Someone say resist. So, if you resist him, he will find his level. You must know your level and show him his level. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know my level. Yeah. For this one, I agree with the song. I know my level. You have to know. Because if you don't know your level, you will just be playing with demons. Then you see some people casting out demons. You say, what is your name? I won't go. I will go. I won't go. I will go. Stop the joke. When Jesus appeared, the Bible said, demons were shouting. Have you come to destroy us before the time? He was a man in charge. And you are also ordained to be in charge like that. You won't live with a victim mentality. Somebody shout an amen. amen. So spiritual habits makes you a strong Christian. Number two, spiritual habits makes you a victorious Christian. Somebody say it makes me a victorious Christian. 
Now, in the context of life, you need strength to win. Yeah, whoever is strong will unseat the other. The Bible says in the book of Mark, it says, When a strong man armed, keepeth his palace, his goods are safe. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overpower him, he shall dispossess him of all his goods. He will dispossess him of all his goods. By the way, there are some goods that have been delivered into your hands. When you lose them, you are allowing Satan to dispossess you. Wisdom is one of such. Blessing is one of such. Riches. The Bible talks about that in the book of Revelations. He says, Amen, amen, blessings and glory, wisdom, thanksgiving and honor. Power and honor belongs to our God. Now that's one side. Then the other says that he received all of the Jesus was slain and received honor, riches, not for himself, but for us. He has made us heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. Can somebody say an amen? amen. That's, that's where you are. Everything Christ has, you have a share in it. You have a part in it the same way Christ has. That's where it is. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians 6, 10 to 17, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Somebody say, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. If you are going to be victorious, you have to be able to stand. Put on the whole armor. Ephesians chapter 6, that you may be able to withstand against the wars of a devil. Then he goes on to tell you in verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. Then he tells you verse 13. Therefore, wherefore, take upon you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. You will stand in the evil day. I said you will stand in the evil day. You won't cry and run away in the evil day. You will stand in the evil day. Stand in the Having done all, stand. Then he says in verse number 14, he says, stand therefore having your loins get about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, and uh, your feet showed with the preparation of the gospel and above all the sixteen, taking the shield of faith. Somebody say the shield of faith. Now, I like this because this is where your conquest is established. Above all, taking the shield of faith where you'll be able to quench some, a few, some of them, all the fiery doubt of the enemy. If you must live victorious, you need to have spiritual habits. Some of the spiritual habits. When you develop spiritual habits, you are empowered for victorious living. I'm tired of the Christian that is just walking through life and no having testimony. No. When trials come your way, it's an opportunity for a testimony. It's just because we have a generation of Christians who are not fighters. No. But our faith is a fighting faith. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. That's what it is. You must learn to fight and you have to know your position in order to fight and fight well. Heaven is a home of overcomers, not victims. Read the book of Revelations. He said, to him that overcometh, what have you overcome? What have you survived? What have you overcome? What have you survived? Every day, eh, Papa, I'm going through a lot. You must overcome it. Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. When you sing it, I will never give up. I'm an overcomer. When challenges come, that's when you should sing the song too. It's not about singing and uh, wiggling your waist in church. When challenges come, wiggle your waist in the presence of the challenge. Tell yourself, I'm an overcomer. 
You don't quit in the face of challenge. Praise the Lord. And that is what spiritual habits does. They empower you for victorious living. And then, and number three, spiritual habits makes you a fruitful Christian. Somebody say a fruitful Christian. This year you'll be a fruitful Christian. Jesus said, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. And ordained you to go and bring forth fruit. That your fruit should abide. Your fruit should abide. Your fruit should abide. May you be a fruitful Christian. I have never seen a fruitful Christian who has not developed or built in himself intentionally spiritual habits. If you must become fruitful in your work with God, whether the fruit of source, the fruit of the spirit, whatever fruit you want to build or you want to bear, you must intentionally develop spiritual habit. Somebody say spiritual habit. Say spiritual habit. You see, there are things you can do sometimes, but there are things you do consistently. And what you do consistently is what defines you, not what you do occasionally. You can't say, I'm an excellent person. When you are excellent three times the first three days of the month, the rest of the 27 days, amazing things. <laughs> Your environment is unkept. Everything is basa basa around you. You say, I'm excellent. Where? How do you define it? You can't say I'm prayerful until it's habitual. Somebody say habitual. I think I forgot to tell you what spiritual habits are, but I mean, we looked at what habits are in general, but we can go back and pick it up. He said a spiritual habit refers to any spiritual exercise or discipline you engage in repetitively that advances you spiritually and empowers you for effective, fruitful, and impactful Christian living. That's what a spiritual habit is. Any exercise or discipline you engage in consistently, continuously, repetitively, that uh, empowers you spiritually for effective Christian and impactful living. Effective, fruitful, and impactful Christian living. That's a spiritual habit. And we're going to be walking you through 16. Somebody say 16. Well, it could be more, but I'm starting from here. 16 uncommon habits of highly effective Christians. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> 16 uncommon. Somebody say 16 uncommon. Say 16 uncommon. Habit for highly effective Christians. How many of you want uh, how many of you want to be highly effective in your work with God? Highly effective Christians. Uncommon Christians usually have uncommon habits. And effective Christians, they didn't wish themselves into effectiveness. They have habitualized themselves into effectiveness. You know, habit comes from the word habitat. So it's a place you live, not a place you visit. That's what a habit is. A habit is something that is part and parcel of you. And these are uncommon habits. Somebody say uncommon habits. Uncommon habits. We are looking at the first of them in Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual. Somebody say as usual. That, that word is very important. As usual in his upstairs room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day. Just as he had always, just as he has always, just as he has always, giving thanks to his God. That's his habit. He prayed three times just as he has always done. 
My question is, have you always prayed? For some of us, the only time God hears from you is when there's a crisis around you. And because God is a loving father and he, he loves to hear from you, you are living in a merry-go-round of troubles. Because that's the only way that will drop you. You know, David said, I, I was glad that I was afflicted because I learned. You don't have to learn through affliction. Learn through the word. Yeah. I said, learn through what? Learn through the word. The word says, we should pray always. So give yourself to prayer. Rather than waiting for crisis. To, because if you really want crisis to come, they will come. And it is written. Is anyone afflicted? Let him pray. <laughs> so if it is affliction that must provoke you to pray, they will come. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. So they will come. But listen. There is one way, that's one way to live. Where you wait for afflictions to come to pray, but you can also pray yourself out of afflictions. Where when affliction sees you, it will pass you by. That shall be your testimony. Somebody shout a believing amen. Now, there are some cars where you are driving them. The police will stop you. I think lately, the IGP, Dampari, has provoked them to exercise the power which they have always had. You know, the reason why they are now is because they are becoming confident. And you see, <laughs> police officers need confidence to exercise their power. <laughs> the Christian the devil fears is a Christian who is confident. Yes. The Bible said the righteous is as bold as a lion. Confident. And you don't get confident being ignorant. When you meet somebody who will meet a police officer, the police officer will talk and he will talk. That person must know the law. That's why when they see members, they salute them. <laughs> yeah. But when they see ordinary folks like us, they will stop you. In the same way, there is a way you can grow in power in the realm of the spirit. When demons see you, you cannot sleep and something can come and sleep with you. How? I mean, how? Just how? Now imagine that Jesus is sleeping after ministry tour, very tired, he's sleeping, and something is coming to sleep with you. In the night? Now, if that cannot happen to Jesus, why is it happening to you? Because as the Father has sent me, even so have I sent you. And then they say that he has a spirit husband, spirit wife. Oh, you see, charismatics have embraced a lot of foolish terms and jargons. Foolish spirit husband. Spirits don't marry. Spirits don't marry. The Bible said they are like angels. They neither marry. Is that not what the Bible says? Demon, demonic spirits are, uh, what do you call it? Spirits. They are spirits. That's who they are. Created Angels, the one I taught you, angels, didn't I tell you angels are spirit? Where did you meet a person coming to sleep with you? Wake up and pray and let them find their level. Am I communicating here? No, 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 no. When President Akufo is coming, who is the police officer who will stop him? The embossment in front of his vehicle tells you this one is not stoppable. In fact, there is the, the, uh, there's an advanced team. And when you are walking about, advanced team of angels are going ahead of you. I'm not communicating here. Now listen, you need a mental shift. That's why the, the greatest thing you need after you are born again is renewal of your mind. When you get born again, renew your mind. Renew your mind. There's a lot of African traditional religion that have been smuggled into the Christian faith. Yeah. And people have bought into it, they believe it, and they run with it. The Bible says, that Daniel prayed as he always did. Somebody say, as he always did. 
As he always did. As he always did. I, I remember I was listening to some man sometime and he was saying that uh, um, a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. I don't believe in that. Because what gives a Christian power is not prayer. What gives a Christian power is who he is in Christ. Yeah. What gives Otufo power is not... Uh, uh, Otufo doesn't have to pray before he becomes... The city he's sitting on. Am I complicating somebody at all? Yeah. The city he's sitting on. You see, we have to understand prayer properly. Prayer is a means through which we exercise power. It doesn't make us powerful. When you pray, you exercise your power. And so, other people who must obey your power, they respond to it. Does somebody understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because it's a very foundational thought a lot of you have grown up with. Prayer is a, they say, without prayer, you'll be powerless. No, no. You can be praying and stay powerless. I've met a lot of them. Praying and afraid. Fasting and afraid. I've, I've handled too many of them in my life as a pastor. Fasting and they are afraid. Praying and they are afraid. Who was praying more than uh, Job? The Bible said every evening he prayed and made sacrifices. Why was he doing it? Because of fear. Because of fear. Why you know who you are? You know the kind of power you have. You see, President Kufuadu doesn't need to debate with a minister. He gives a command to a minister. You, you, you talk back to him, you are fired. That's all. He doesn't need to, I'm going to, I'm going to have an all-night prayer. Tomorrow night, I need to deal with Kwesi uh, Oponkuma. So, Kufuadu, then he's standing somewhere praying. No, 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 no. He's too conscious of where he's sitting as the president of a nation. One word from him, everybody must line up. He knows who he is. You see, these are reality. We call them new creation realities. So there's no better way to put it. It's a reality. You must renew your mind and accept it as it is. Are you with me here? That's, that's it. The habit of prayer. Somebody say the habit of prayer. The habit. When you look into scripture, prayer is not something we use to uh, quench fire. It's not a, a fire service. No. There's fire then. you No, no, no. That's not what prayer is. <laughs> prayer is something that is habitual. Look at what First Thessalonians 5 verse 7 says. Pray without what? Pray without what? In fact, the New Living Translation says, never stop praying. Never stop praying. When something is habitual, you don't stop doing it. You do it always. You do it always. Never stop praying. The message version says praying all the time. Somebody say pray all the time. Say pray all the time. Oh, are you not, uh, is it not interesting that God loves to hear your voice so much that he never put a time on when you should pray. Pray all the time. And when you come to the book of Timothy, he even tells you that pray everywhere, including that place. Pray everywhere, 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 everywhere. You see, when I meet a Christian who says he doesn't have time to pray, he's a lazy Christian. Because you can do it all the time and you can do it everywhere. All the time and everywhere. All the time and everywhere. At night, at noon, I mean, lunchtime, every time it can be prayer time. Pray always. Jesus spoke a parable in uh, Luke 18. Uh, one, he said, and he spoke a parable to this end that men ought to always, somebody say always, always to pray and often that's habit. Daniel prayed as always, 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 always. Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Praying always with all prayer. Praying always. Somebody say, I'm praying always. 
listen. Habitual and effectual prayer makes you an effective Christian. Somebody say habitual and effectual prayer. Yeah, the Bible says in James 5, 7, 16, he said, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. The effectual fervent prayer. There's an effectual prayer. When effectual prayer becomes habitual, <laughs> you have overcome. Praise the Lord. When effectual prayer becomes what? Habitual. There are people who are praying habitually, but they are not praying effectually. Yeah. Let my enemies die by fire. It's not effectual prayer. Yeah. I kill them. It's not effectual prayer. Because you were never told anywhere in scripture, pray against your enemies. There's nobody you have to pray against. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Pray for those who persecute you. I will teach some in a different session what the Bible says we should pray for. Because there's a lot of witchcraft that is going on in the church. We literally, just like you know, those days, people will go to uh, a native doc- doctor and ask for somebody to kill someone for him. Now we don't go to native doctors, charismatics, we come to God with anointing oil with pictures. God kill them for me. Go to prayer centers. That's what charismatic that's a witchcraft. It's called charismatic witchcraft. It's not Christianity. Take picture as this oil falls on it now. Let them burn. Burn. Do you know where people are going to burn? If people were to be burned, you will be the first person to be burned. My time is up. We'll just continue. I was just going to show you 10 examples of people who prayed habitually. That's for next week. They prayed habitually. They prayed what? Listen, you are coming into the best phase of your life. Yeah. A lot of people think they are Christians, but really, they are not. If you are a Christian, let us know you as one by your habit. Stand on your feet and begin to speak to God. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory success and limitless prosperity share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com get interactive with pastor afuakwa on facebook instagram and twitter for more information visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our services at our headquarter church from 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, which is our Excel service, and from 8.45 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. for our second service, which is our celebration service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil station santasa runabout kumasi ghana alternatively you can join us online for our services on embassy of life chapel facebook or youtube pages god richly bless you <laughs>